Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mulan Rules. I pledge allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the band. It may perhaps discourage you, unless of your kidney or infected with this vicious virus, that you'll be ordered to pay a fine of seventy-five pounds. I'll pay now, good boy. Just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder. He's going to 11. Let's get rocking! Welcome to Movies That Rock, a rock and roll journey through cinema. I'm your host, Josh Fitzgerald. And today with me on this lovely Sunday afternoon, it's 15 degrees outside, I have a special guest today who's making his debut on this podcast. His name is Cosmo Keller. He's a good friend of mine. Cosmo's here to talk about a movie that he chose, and it's called Moulin Rouge. It's kind of more of a musical than a... Yeah, it's like a half and half. Yeah. It's a strong half and half of being a musical in a movie. Stage production? I don't even know what to call it. I don't know either. It's It's very... It's definitely a musical. It is. It kind of defies all genres in a way wow it's that good it is that good (laughs) try and classify it go ahead tell me what you think it is this is cosmo and welcome to the show and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself cosmo i know you we we've known each other for a couple years Mm -hmm. yeah sadly um so i really enjoy music in general it's a really big part of my life so um i don't watch that many movies or mm-hmm. um so this is the perfect podcast for you to yeah it's for, well the thing is that i i think i watch more than i i say i do i'm, I'm a, i try mm-hmm. to keep up a little bit when something's a little interesting like i, I definitely went on my way to see something like hereditary everyone was talking about oh yeah did and you like it i loved it yeah i thought, I it, thought was it was fantastic i thought it was and great like too. people in the theater with me were very upset and they thought it was terrible it's like an art house film and it's shown in a movies across america so i thought i i like i really appreciated it and i thought it was fantastic i loved it too and there's people yeah. like boo- I just booing behind me ago. yeah i thought it yeah. was really good and yeah. i love how it ended and i think it ended on the it weirdest was perfect. <laughs> perfect note um but regardless Moulin Rouge, i really love Moulin Rouge, and i love baz Luhrmann. so yes. there's going to be a little bit of bias there um, with my opinions, fine. because I, I fucking love the theatrics of mm-hmm. Baz Luhrmann's head. Yeah, actually, I was excited when you told me that you wanted to do this one. I guess the concept of this show, it's more like rock and pop music. They brought Nirvana. That's kind of rock. That's, that's kind of like rock that's and roll. That's true. And there's a story do. behind that that I was reading about, because Courtney Love auditioned to play Satine. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Can you I could not that? even imagine that. I would be down to watch so it. So the thing is, I've seen this, um, I'm going to keep calling it a movie because oh, it's, it's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. So I've seen this, this is probably like my sixth time seeing it. I love this movie. I, I love Moulin Rouge. I think it's so ridiculous and fast paced. And I have some pretty strong ADHD that <laughs> finally something can keep up with me. So, it so I'm like, oh yeah, level. this is like the perfect pace. Meanwhile, Josh is like, I'm exhausted. I was, I was physically, we actually, I did this sort of unusual because usually I'll watch the movie ahead of time and then take a lot of notes and prepare myself. But we actually just finished watching the movie like a half hour ago. Like, yeah. 20 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fresh. Yeah. And I was, physically drained after he was slouched (laughs) over the couch so i think that's a fair and i'm on the couch slouched over (laughs) yeah the side of you probably noticed my body language slowly starting to like oh yeah you were fading yeah (laughs) the light was fading on that one just like (laughs) satine salt saltine 
we I I can't help but call her Saltine. The mm. name is just so close. So Nicole Kidman plays Satine, aka Saltine. Yeah. And she could use a Saltine. She's not feeling so great. <laughs> a little gaunt. Yes. Yes. She's <laughs> retaining her porcelain skin as and pale her as perfect, a ghost. perfect auburn hair. Uh, amazing. Incredible mm-hmm. right. wiggery. While dying of tuberculosis. Yeah. Which I imagine that. I just knew she was sick in it was something with the lungs, so that would Right, because they pounded it into our heads. They're like, multiple wow, she times. is bleeding. Like, she is dying. <laughs> She's not going to make it. Well, the, the blood in the handkerchief is such like a film shorthand trope for oh, yeah, people like, dying. No matter what you have, you could yeah. have, like, I don't know. Like an earache. You're right. like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> not going to make it pop. Um, <laughs> that kind of deal. But I, I, would, I do want to see Courtney Love do that, though. I can't even imagine. That's how he got the rights to Smells Like Teen Spirit because really? like she was going to play that. And I guess she was pissed at Nicole Kidman for stealing the part from her. I mean, Nicole Kidman does an amazing job. Mm. They, She's they at least thrice do, the actress that Courtney Love is. an amazing job. Mm-hmm. They sell it. The crying over <laughs> Satine's body that brought Josh into a, a laughing fit is so... That was the worst ugly cry raunch. I've ever seen in my life. It is... He's okay, so I don't know. I don't know familiar anyone. Should I don't know. The... I use okay. Here's where I was going. I usually have a plot summary prepared. Go ahead. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to give one? Um. Okay. I... You don't have to. I mean, I'll, I'll try my best. We'll chime but... in because okay. Okay. So, um, there's a writer from who knows where. Um, who his name is Christian. His name is Christian. He is obsessed with love. Yes, and, and he's played by the omnipresent Ewan McGregor. Yeah. And he, who does a great job, I think, he finds himself in Paris and he finds the Moulin Rouge um, unintentionally. He's in it. It's it, it, the best way to find it. He gets introduced through a guy falling from his ceiling into his bedroom, <laughs> a narcoleptic Argentinian, which is very hard to say. Who works with Latrec. Yes. Latrec? La Toulouse? Toulouse Latrec, yeah. Okay, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And they. Um, kind of launch him into going to the Moulin Rouge because they find that his writing is exactly what they need, which leaves this other character who's in it for five <laughs> minutes named Audrey, who, who you're interested, who kind of looks like the guy from the Mighty Boosh. Um, you're kind of interested oh, yeah, okay. in um, who this is, but he's he, they leave very quick. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah, like, okay, well, bye, bye, Audrey, Aubrey. Um, <laughs> so... We go into the Moulin Rouge. They see it's so theatrical. Horish women. It's like a brothel type deal. With a very dancing. headache-inducing brothel. Oh yeah, <laughs> very. So they drink some absinthe and they find themselves. But yeah, there. you don't don't forget that part. Which we were like, yeah. should we be having absinthe right now? I neither of I was us ready. Neither of us have tried absinthe no. or have any on hand. So yeah. it was just like, let's have popcorn instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie Minogue. She's in this movie as the fairy. Yeah, she's a fairy. The absinthe fairy. Yes, as you drink absinthe. And she's only in it for about forty-five seconds. And they probably paid her a lot of money for that. Oh, I'm sure. An insane amount of money. And you know who was supposed to play that part originally? Um, that was... I forgot already. Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, you never told me. That's why. That's why. Really? Said, yeah. Oh. He was, was supposed to be like an old dude with a sitar. Oh, okay. Like a hippie dude. I kind of love that. Yeah. I could still like it. Yeah. Because the fairy doesn't have a big lasting impression on me other than... Right. But just... Kylie's kind of a queen. But Kylie never broke out so much in the US. She's an Australian There's those fans princess. every here and there that mm-hmm. like love Kylie a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I appreciate her. I need to get into her more, but I love that she's in the movie. The main character, Christian, he he meets Satine, who's Nicole Kidman's character, who's 
who's this beautiful um, goddess of a can-can dancer. Yeah, a, a courtesan. She's a courtesan. That's really, I mean, that yeah. is the perfect explanation in right. what they say she is. Um, <laughs> so they, in, in a weird way, fall in love. Love in the loosest of terms. Yeah. Love is in, like, just complete lust <laughs> with no value behind yeah. it <laughs> other than fucking each other up. Likewise, Not even. like it ruins both of their lives. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I thought you meant fucking as in like physically, physically fucking. Yeah, at one point, but not not no. quick. Where fucking you would think up is a different scenario. Fucking everything up. Okay, they fuck everything up. Yep. Honestly, so hopefully this is um, you know PG thirteen because I might have just. It, it's already times. getting an explicit tag. Yeah. Well, you it. know what? It's Mulan Rouge. <laughs> it is what it is. I don't even know what it was rated. Do you really think like... anybody under the age of like twenty one is even going to listen to this? Mm, I don't know what the podcast crowd is. That's the thing. Not young people. <laughs> Fair. We are no Logan Paul. Re- regardless. Um, they fall in love, and there's this Duke who's... I don't know who he's played by. Richard Roxburgh. Okay. Mm. Well, Richard Roxburgh is just the, the most foul man in the movie, and you just really learn to hate him very quickly. Um, he also falls in love with Satine, but not real love. It's just like he wants to pay her kind right. of love because he's really not good looking. They make him out to be a terrible dweeb. He's lecherous and disgusting. Yeah. And he acts. It's just it's really good acting because you really. It is. That. So Unless he wasn't acting because I don't know that actor at all. I don't know him. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's just like that. Maybe it that's not be. him acting. Mm-hmm. It's just his daily. He's the Maharajan. <laughs> um, so they put on this production. You know, they fall in love. They fall out of love. They fall, fall. to the ground. <laughs> And fucking die. <laughs> Satine does not yeah. make it, everyone. No. She has Spoilers t- right tuberculosis. <laughs> and it just, it just, she crumbles. She crumbles in front but of the But she doesn't crumble quick, quickly. She crumbles quickly, but she doesn't crumble quickly. What, what did your grandma say when she saw this? <laughs> okay, for the record, I went to see this when it first came out at the theaters with my grandma, who mm. would have been like 75 How at the time. How old are you? I was in high school, so okay, 2001, okay. I would I'm be 16. I'm just making sure you were like 13. Oh, God, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> Here, come see this movie and, with me. <laughs> so she made a comment. She fucking hated this movie, by the way, with like every fiber of her she existence. Terrible. Yeah. And yeah. she said, right after this, after the big theater scene at the end, she's, and Satine is just writhing oh my gosh, in, like, in his, in Christian's arms and in the most like over the top way possible. Sobbing. And she turns to me and she goes, it's really taking her a long time to die, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's it it a, was kind it's of. It's the perfect comment because you didn't forget it. Right, right. Every time you see it, you're like, you know what? This is taking, it is a, long taking time. a really long time. You said it halfway through. I'm like, she's still But then dying. at the same time, it happened so suddenly because like you don't really see the progression of her illness. Oh, no. She'll just all of a they sudden. They skip months. Yeah. This this is like, this movie does like Game of Thrones season eight. All of a sudden, it's winter. <laughs> We already talked about your feelings on the movie, right? Like, I clearly think, you I love, love it. it. I love it. It's so ridiculous. I think if it was any little bit less ridiculous, I probably wouldn't like it as much. There's a point where the Duke is so mesmerized by Satine that there's a gleam in his eye, and it, it's a literal gleam that they post-production <laughs> add in, and it dings. So you're like, oh, now he's in love. Yeah. It is so ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. And extra. There's so many little touches like that. There's so many sound effects. That's what I noticed watching it this time. I mean, time. they turn their head and you hear whoosh, whoosh. Yeah, whoosh. every time. Yep. And it's, it's sped up. Yep. So Harry Ziegler, this like 200-pound man, is flying through the air. <laughs> Literally, he flies through the yeah. air, and it's making a whooshing sound. Jim Broadbent, yeah. It is. Yeah. It is so extra. It's like It really is like watching 
an extended episode of Looney Tunes. So when I saw this movie for the first time, um, it was 10 years ago, actually, and I wasn't that familiar with a lot of the songs. Like, I, of Had you I, heard of the movie I before knew, you saw it? Because that's a, that's a while after it was released. I, I did hear of it, but I didn't know the synopsis. I don't think I even like was like, oh, I need to see this movie. I knew, of, of course, the hit single, Lady Marmalade. <laughs> Because who didn't who when, when you're that age? Um, but I I didn't take attention to it until I, it was forced upon me by my boss. <laughs> yeah, tell tell that story. My first job ever was at um, a dress shop called Monroe's Place. Hi, Monroe, if you hear this for some reason. so I'll um, send it to them. Yeah, yeah Monroe, she'll, she'll <laughs> love it. I was working a shift at my dress shop, and Monroe made some joke or reference to Moulin Rouge, and it totally went past me, and I said... Well, I've never seen Moulin Rouge. And she's like, you've never seen Moulin Rouge? Like as if it's some shock. I mean, she's pretty. You're fired. I mean, everything in her store had the Florida de Loom on it. So like. Yeah. Uh, Florida de Lure? Florida de Lee. Lee. I just couldn't get all the words. Florida de Loom. Couldn't. Underwear. Um, she was very. I think she's French. Actually, yeah. She actually had a lot of French influence on the stuff that she bought for the store. So she was like shocked and actually kind of a little appalled that I didn't see it. So she grabbed my hand, took me to the cafe that had a TV in it that was in the back room and had me watch Moulin Rouge during my shift. Paid me to do it. Gave me like snacks. I remember having some black licorice with it. Wow. Yeah. And I got to see Moulin Rouge when I was 17 at the dress shop. It's the best job ever. It. You know what? She one, yeah, I have a lot of stories about that job. One time she we went to go light up the Christmas tree for the town that we were, we live in and um she decided to start smoking pot before going in and then offered it to me. Now she's going to be upset if she hears this cuz I probably shouldn't tell this. But I was a little shocked. I can edit this Monroe. <laughs> no, it's fine. She won't hear. Okay. Um Yeah, that's Monroe's place for you, but I mean, I I was I've thrown into it. Monroe's place. I've never been there. Yeah, you're not missing much. No. No, unless you're looking for like a mother of their bride dress, it's probably not the place for you. I mean, you I know, never, never rule know. anything out. Yeah, so Moulin Rouge, life changing. I saw it on the big screen though, and let me tell you, I can't imagine. That's a lot. It's a lot. that's a sensory overload. <laughs> it really it's a sensory is. overload on a 44 inch TV. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I can't imagine on the big screen. It was it was tough at times. Yeah, but where I, do you look? But I love. I I really loved it at the time. Although I, I found it started to drag in the second half. It does. In the ex- excess of dying scenes. Yeah. Where they keep reminding you over and over and over again, you're yeah, dying. I think the characters are very flawed. You're very, mm, like, he is such a man. He's thinking mm-hmm. with his other head. And, <laughs> and he's just, it's so selfish of him, the way he treats the teen. It's actually, like, kind of emotionally abusive it is on both sides <laughs> yeah. because she says i love you i don't love you i love you right. i don't love you and then she ends and i love you bye she dies it's a very toxic codependent relationship it's really bad yeah i mean i get it because the era is supposed to be what year 1902 or something it's very well you no know, it starts in 1899 and then there's the new year's scene right after the in the crazy can can scene no oh, okay yes the can 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 i'm sure they didn't have any like relationship counseling for people who are in the Moulin Rouge and I'm sure they are wouldn't provide it to like a courtesan who didn't have any health insurance. No, right. Their side characters save the movie though because there's a one point where she's got this like built black guy who get, never gets a name. Here's the problem. Okay. it's not, He's not even a side character. He's, he's only in the movie for that scene and that's all he does is save her. 
right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's around. I think he's around, even in the beginning scene Is of he? the Moulin Rouge. He didn't have yeah. any lines, though, except for that no. one after he no. saved her. And I don't even know what his line was. It was probably like, all right, right. take Satine out of here. And he's like, all right, I'll leave. <laughs> like, it really... It was so dismissive. He had no <laughs> lines. He was one of... Well, he was the only, yeah, only person, the only of, person color of color yeah. who got a line. Well, no, that's a lie because the Argentinian man okay. is definitely and he had a whole song not himself. white. Yeah, and it's an amazing song. The music yeah, is sand. just, yeah. I think the music's really good. It is good. It satisfies what I look for in like a musical. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of detour a little bit and talk about Baz Luhrmann. Is this your favorite Baz Luhrmann film? I, I would say so in the sense of, Liking his films, I compare it to Romeo and Juliet, and he made in 1999, and then The Great Gatsby, which he made in like 2013, I think, because I haven't seen his other film or films, um, and there's not that many of them. And no. then I didn't see his TV show on Netflix, The Get Down, either, which was actually supposed to be very good, but it didn't get renewed. I have seen all three of those movies at least a couple times, um, and I remember liking The Great Gatsby much more the second time I saw it. I think I appreciated it more. Um, because I knew the story so well from reading the book a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then Romeo and Juliet, of course, it's a little more, um, you know, it's, it's Romeo and Juliet, it's Shakespeare. So I think comparing it to Romeo and Juliet and um, Great Gatsby. Did you say Romeo and Juliet? No, I said oh. Juliet, but I can't speak English. So, um, but I think I loved Moulin Rouge immediately. And then the other two, I kind of had to like, Rewatch them to really get it. And, and my least favorite would be Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, because, <laughs> be, because of the source material, I'm just never really crazy about the yeah. actual initial. But I love the costuming and I love the characterization of um, like the pink hair and the, mm-hmm. and the like 90s floral shirts that they have <laughs> and, the, and the pistols with the dressed up pistols. So I, th- I really like the... The ba- the Baz Luhrmann of it all, mm-hmm. you know. It's true. His his production design in all his movies is are really consistent, consistent and top notch. Yeah, it is. And those are the things that are winning him awards from his <laughs> movies. Not apparently. screenplays. <laughs> yeah. I mean, apparently, there's a big to do that this wasn't nominated for best screenplay at the Oscars, and I was watching it like, yeah, for a reason because it's not a good screenplay. For what? For Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Very. It's very tropey. Very predictable. Yes. The yeah, dialogue is pretty flat. It's not. That's not what makes the movie. Yeah, it's it's the the magic. Yeah. Of the editing mm-hmm. that makes it interesting. It's, it's it's definitely like watching a very extreme MTV music video. Yeah. From the turn of the century, like it was very much in that vein of like the breakneck editing. Even uh, just the tone almost, of like it, the, the 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 cinematography reminded me of something I would watch on VH1 in two thousand. Yeah. In the whole movie is so strongly edited that there's almost no unedited parts of the movie, mm-hmm. which might just be... Uh, which is very disorienting and hard to watch at it's times. It's super disorienting. It's mostly in this movie compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. You really notice it, that it's all over the place. And it's one of his older films, but it's in yeah. the same... It's not far off of age-wise as like Romeo and Juliet. He yeah, like Romeo, really, it's like he got the green light and they were like, do whatever the hell you want. And he's like, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I got this. Oh, I will. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah. And then the next movie, they're like, okay, tone it back a little bit. We'll right. give you 10 years to figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Now, like Baz Luhrmann for me, t- this was the only one that I really got into at all. And I, I don't know why that is, but I think I was thinking about it and I, I like, I really didn't like Romeo and Juliet and I really didn't like the great Gatsby. And I think the reason 
was not so much the production design stuff, but more if you're going to use anachronisms, I can only really buy that if it's with music. Oh, really? Music has a more timeless quality, so I can connect that easier to any time period that you want to put it in. And I thought that was cleverly done mm-hmm. in the movie, how they're taking really famous songs that everybody knows. Or lines from famous songs. It's right. not even it's like snippets. Right, you know, It's right. really not even... Mm-hmm. It's harder for me to buy dialogue that way than it is for me to buy music. And the dialogue in Moulin Rouge is not as... Um, challenging as it would be in mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet. Absolutely it's very not. simple. It's important to note that there is another Moulin Rouge that became before this. Yes. Like actual... You actually brought the double pack DVD that had the original one. From and the I 50s. just don't have the energy to watch no, the original. I have, no I have no idea what I'm in for. No. I'm sure it's not as frenetic as this one is. I can't even imagine. If it was, then he's a, I guess, I don't know. Boz is a fraud because he's, a... <laughs> he's just stole all of imagine. the isms. Right. No, I, I have no and idea. And the story too was taken from old operettas. Like La Boheme was a big influence. You, are you familiar Mm-mm. with that? It's kind of like it was the story of a writer who falls in love with this this, this sick. Um, she wasn't like a courtesan in the original play, but but she I think she was like a bohemian kind of like almost like a manic pixie dream girl would kind of be. But she was sick, okay. and he's a writer, and they fall in love, and but it's also kind of a ill-fated love affair. Very so he, ill. <laughs> so he took that and ran with it. Really? Very he far. He ran to the corner store with that one. <laughs> exactly. And he bought lights and rights for songs. <laughs> Lots of songs. I wonder how much the licensing was for the music. I, cannot, I, don't, I can't imagine how much it costs to make the, the movie. It's very theatrical. Right. At the time, these are top-notch actors, top paid. It's not like you just got random... Lifetime movie actors. This is Ewan McGregor and not Nicole nobodies. Kidman. It was very strange seeing him in this kind of movie. Ewan? Particularly Nicole Kidman. Okay, yeah, and she does like phenomenal, especially that scene with the dirty poetry where she's riding <laughs> Which was around. Bernie Taupin and Elton John lyrics. Uh huh, yeah. Being like spoken the, to. Some of the most like tender love lyrics ever. <laughs> Written. Into this movie as like dirty poetry, mm-hmm. which she's uh, Satine is uh, misunderstanding as as um, this guy is almost like fetish when she's just like trying to play it up because she's she thinks he's the rich one, and it is incredible to watch because it is so uncomfortable <laughs> and so just weird. It's really funny seeing Nicole Kidman in a role like this because she really. really lets it all out yeah because she's really still, she seems so poised all the time all the time you and feel she's like such if a she fell asleep actress. she would be like the most like amazing sleeper ever <laughs> like anything she does so then you see her yeah. spinning around in this blanket gyrating yeah and rubbing her more body. dirty words and you're like wow this is like acting right <laughs> So it definitely shows off their talent as actors, mm-hmm. except the one moment that Ewan McGregor lets out an accent that's not true to character. Yeah, that's right. Towards the very end of the movie during it, maybe he was so into his ugly cry. That it was hard for him to mm-hmm. do a difference. He was contorting that whole face. like He was like squeezing something out. That's how I cry at the Fox and the Hound. So <laughs> I feel that on a, on a, uh-huh. on a personal level. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it, it was fun seeing her in a role like this. It was very different from it anything just she's the ever limits, done. Right. As actors, test my limits as an audience member. You were exhausted. I was exhausted, and I was me, like ready. It the hit whole me time. right after the elephant uh, love, love medley. medley. Mm-hmm. That was a point in which I just I hit a wall. Were you like, I'm, like, I'm Holy shit. I need a break. I did. That's why I went to the kitchen and cleaned up the popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, I'm like I need to. Step and I'm away like from glued this. to the TV. It's funny because when I first saw it when I was 16, 
I had a similar re- reaction to you. And now that I'm watching it, now that I'm older, I actually responded a little bit more to the second half than the first half. The second half was a real slog for me when I first saw it. Yeah, that and, would make um, sense. Yeah, it's, it's slower. The exactly. pacing is odd. And also, I was never, certainly not now, but even then, I was never invested in the love story. I mean, I feel like I've seen it alone or with a friend who's also very into it where I have been in more invested in it. But this time, I'm looking for de- details when watching it. I'm looking to see what um, I didn't notice all the sound effects somehow. Yeah watching it that before. one over you for some reason the yeah. whirling sounds the whizzing mm-hmm. popping i never noticed any well, of that there's so many other everything else is coming at you in the other direction that you're gonna miss something lighting know? was a big mm-hmm. one that i was really picking up yeah. on this time i i found that um in a couple of scenes I, I i probably if i watched it again and really focus on lighting there's a big color story it's telling with the scenes um especially at the end where um satine's in the final performance before she dies you know and um Spoiler alert. It's, yeah, spoiler alert, as we've already told you multiple times. Um, <laughs> and they remind us many times in the movie. That she is dying. Yeah. Yes. So the um, lighting is all blue on stage, and she's um, playing up that she's in love with the Maharajan as this character, which is in real life, in, well, in that real life is, is a duke who's a terrible person. Um, <laughs> and the lighting is blue, and the the whole stage is lit up in this really strong blue. It was lit, man. It was very lit. Mm-hmm. And the same lighting, um, not as strong, was happening during this really terrible scene of the Duke and um, the courtesan in his like castle that he lives in, and he's almost like it's you're getting this really strong like uh, molestation vibe <laughs> from him, where he's almost like you're like is, she, is he gonna rape her? It, is that what's going towards? It, was it was, it was about to happen it was about to happen. Yeah, like he disrobed her into it. Absolutely, and she's crying into her mm-hmm. hands. It's really just. Dis- disturbing and the lighting was all blue in that scene so it's almost like a connection of this fake love that is being forced on her with the duke i feel like there's something to look into there but i think i'd have to rewatch it again to really pick up on lighting and obviously her face is less lit up as she's as she's her light is fading mm-hmm. as she's dying throughout the rest of the movie you slowly see her going even paler and paler and paler washed out lipstick washed out but still flawlessly beautiful amazing incredible looking the whole time we we were talking about this the one scene where she looks amazing and she's supposed to be so sad and then you look at ewan mcgregor and in his character and um he just looks disgusting he looks terribly (laughs) so so haggard he's haggard his hair looks gross and then her and she's kind of looking that way but yeah. Really, her skin looks amazing. There must be a reason behind it that she would still look that good when her life movies. is falling apart. Well, I don't know. Or I think I mean, she's just so it's untouchable. Part of her too. I think she might just be so untouchable as a person within that life that even in her worst moment, she's still so beautiful. Like, who can be this beautiful and die that beautiful? That's true. And her, when she bleeds out her I mouth, mean, it's not head. dripping out of her mouth. It's a little spot on the side of the lip. It's very dramatic. <laughs> it's the most violent cough, and then it it's just the a most little tiny hacking little... Hacking and just a little dribble of blood right. on the side. Like, like poor Halloween store mm-hmm. makeup. And meanwhile, while she's suffering, you have Christian mm-hmm. running around her, not leaving her alone, and being like, pay attention to me. He's just so selfish well too bad about that long let's go fuck somewhere you're you right. know sorry you're dying that we've said eight he's times just and... so insensitive she's not very sensitive to him mm-hmm. either she's being a terrible 
Um, yeah, but I can give her a pass because oh, she's I can fucking give her a dying. She's dying, and she's trying to handle this like extremely stressful situation between yeah. her and can these two imagine? men. Can you imagine? No, two... I can't imagine. It's too ridiculous. It's, the movie's played like you're supposed, like you're supposed to supposed sympathize to feel with him. For? Are you supposed to like, go, like? You're supposed to feel for him. Are you because... supposed to be like, oh, they were so in love? And yeah, you didn't get that vibe like from the filmmaking like the way I it have was framed felt that way when i watched it but yeah if you think about these characters they're both extremely flawed not a good couple by no. any means at no. all he has nothing going for him nothing she accidentally gets him a role in spectacular spectacular and gets that written and that would have been something but he um fell in love with her after meeting her once while reciting elton john lyrics yes it's very it's cute it's, it's cute it's the cute, whole time where you're like, oh, like their love. And it's, I think it's cutest when they're singing. Yes. I think yeah. them acting it out, we are like the moment where they're both like naked and they're he's like holding her in the window and it's beautiful mm. lighting and it's very natural done. Yes. tones in the, the room. There's cream colors everywhere where you're like feeling warm for them where you're like, oh, they're so in love. And that's really right before everything gets shitty. And But <laughs> I don't know. There's something. Things were never not shitty for her. No. That was she had a life-threatening disease that mm-hmm. she didn't know she had. So right. it was it was over from the beginning for her. Is there a touch of misogyny in there? Make the woman suffer at the expense of these terrible men. Well, but feel sympathy for the men instead of her. Um, I don't know. They all kind of suffer. I mean, even I hate to say it, even the Duke suffers. It's mm-hmm. not his fault that the woman that he thought he could kind of buy love from fell in love with this random poor bohemian writer. It's not his fault, but did he love her? No, but he that's what he went there for, was to like buy a bride. And he wanted the most beautiful woman. Like He thought he deserved her. And yeah. He was going to fund her acting career. I don't know. So yeah, he gets screwed I, I mean, over I, I understand what you mean, but I don't know. Like I, I'd refer to this as like toxic masculinity, the movie. Oh, it's absolutely that. And, and even if you were like to argue against it, because you're like, oh, there's this woman. She's terrible, too. But it's mostly the men. Who are terrible. And then you have jealous other women working with her. That's the main reason everything really went super south. Because the other woman uh, openly says to the Duke that, what if it's not the sitar player? It's the writer. Oops. (laughs) Out of pure jealousy. And then you get to see her like kind of get smacked around in the next scene with an amazing (laughs) rendition of uh, Roxanne. Yes, that's that where was it. That's yep. when it happened. The blue mm-hmm. light and yep. yeah, and then the blue light too. Also at the beginning of the movie, diamonds are a girl's You're best right. friend. Right? You're right. I wonder if there's something because that's when she first about that collapsed. Yeah. There has to be. I don't. I don't think um, a big production like this would not have color mm-hmm. theory behind oh, it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, there's got to be something. Boz is the... astute enough a filmmaker to. Oh yeah, to like know. oh these are the blue light moments. Mm-hmm. in the red light district <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah the production design is is just amazing it won it an really, oscar for that and it should so. and nicole kidman was nominated for best actress and she's really great man yeah you and mcgregor i'm so, honestly i gotta lie or i'm not gonna lie <laughs> gotta yeah, lie, I'm, gonna yeah. lie. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with him really i am about his acting or him in general kind of both really yeah in this movie i was thinking more specifically I, i'm not sure i loved him in this movie it seemed like he almost was not over the top enough. You think you know she was mean? and he, well, she's pretty over top. Well, that's what I mean. It, it, and so is everybody else in the movie. And he was kind of the most. Yeah, but, his, know what I'm trying but to say? his character is not, he didn't grow up in that situation. He grew up, well, looked to be wealthy by the scenes with his father. 
So he wanted to run away and write about love. And yeah. So he's a dreamer. So it's a boring male ingenue character, I guess. Yes. Some single kind of good looking guy who's mm-hmm. obsessed with love. He's only good and looking finds... with the facial hair. I'm sorry. Yeah. In my opinion. There's... Yeah. Because I, I wasn't yeah. feeling it at all until the last scene when he was at the typewriter after she, you know, the months had That's passed. That's fair. That's when and he's then the he had, <laughs> and, then he, right, and then he had the scruff. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm in now. Yeah. I think his voice, I, I really like his voice. You don't like it. I have a, kind of an unpopular opinion. Okay. I didn't love his singing voice. Really? I found it was very shouty and okay. not pleasant to listen to. It is shouty, but I find it pleasant. Did you? Yeah. Because I can shout I mean, along. I, I understand why people would enjoy it. It fit the mood yeah, of the you movie. You laughed at a couple points where he I would did. go from... And yours are the sweetest eyes I've ever seen. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, but there was also no, like, there were no dynamics to it. It was, do you know what I mean? Like, it Three was different levels, levels right. to his voice. Yeah. I mean, he's not a singer, but neither is Nicole Kidman. And right. She but she, I thought she kept, just she kept her pulled own. it off better. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she pulls it off a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But you, you had said that you and McGregor has kind of a theater background. And maybe that's why. I think he has a theater background. I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah. Because if you're in theater, you have to I shout didn't look sing. it up. So don't fact check that. No, no, no. I, I really. You, you, the listeners or actually can maybe fact check that. Right. Because I, to my knowledge, he's got a theater background. Which would make sense then if he's shouty. Because in theater, you're trained to be that way. Because you have to hit, you know, you have to reach to the cheap seats, you know, to yeah. the back of the house. And maybe you just couldn't find that balance on screen. Yeah. There's a points where he's in her face and he's singing yeah. to her. And, and like, Shouts. screaming in her face yes yeah yeah he's and he's trying close. to be romantic and he's just shouting at and her she face. can't keep up with the height of his voice where right. he's so loud mm-hmm. and she's dainty so i would imagine in post-production they probably had to level out the sounds of their voices like jack her voice up oh and yeah absolutely yeah, bring his there's down. no way and you can almost sense that in some of the songs where it's she's louder than she looks like she would be i remember an elephant med- love medley when she you notice like oh she seems very loud for right. how much she's talking right now <laughs> the music is really is is great across the board and that's what i love the most about it the first time i saw it and now how well they selected the songs how it was very creative of them to take modern hits and bring it into the turn of the century and the song selections were fun they mashed together really well the medley was pretty seamless there's songs that we didn't even remember were in this movie yeah and you know what i already kind of forgot about them right so i actually have my list of songs open right now because the levels you're putting at such a high degree of like this is going to be smells like teen spirit and this is going to be your song and then you have these other few little songs that track in there that you're like blink of an eye they're in and out yeah so if someone you know. told me like, oh, this you, you know that song Roxanne? We're going to put it in a movie. It's a musical about, <laughs> about like, prostitutes. And... The turn of century France. Yeah. yeah. I would be like, what movie would that be? Yeah. And then you watch it and you're like, it makes sense. It works perfectly. Yeah. Roxanne, you don't have to put on that red light. Walk the streets for money. You don't care if it's wrong or if it is right. Roxanne, you don't have to wear that dress tonight. And like a virgin, the like first a virgin, time I saw your that, favorite. oh my god, the first time I saw that, I lost my shit because that's it's so good. I yeah, because I've always that's always been one of my favorite, not even. Madonna songs, one of my favorite songs. I love it so much. And when I saw it, I, I, it was just, that was the highlight. 
her chin. Your heart's beat. Both in time, but I give you all her love. Her fear is fading fast. Very clever. Very unique. Yeah. I think I'm more interested in the acting of that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. more than the song it's more about the line delivery than it is about the performance of the song for yeah. sure so here's a list of the songs they have so N- nature boy of course which is um, my favorite which is a beautiful song yeah I it was love that King Cole. nature boy mm-hmm. come what may was the only song that was an original for this movie it was actually written for romeo and juliet Oh, and I didn't never used it so he actually it would also that. fit in romeo it and juliet. would yeah. it would really fit yep and I don't know if that's to speak to him as a director or just the, the tone of the mm-hmm. plot line. Maybe he just yeah. loves love stories because all three of those movies are about love and things not working out good right. <laughs> and someone dying, actually. Yeah. <laughs> all three of those. What was the other movie you saw of his that? Oh, Strictly Ballroom. Does that anyone is... die? Oh, God, I don't remember. I okay. saw it when I was a teenager. Okay. Because I'm like, wait a second. We've got three movies where there's a love interest, a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. One of them dies. It definitely sticks to formula. Woman die, woman die. Great Gatsby, guy dies. Mm-hmm. So it's changing it up a little bit. Right. Just took him 15 years. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Great, Great Gatsby, Gatsby. Or read it. For those of you who just didn't read it in high school when you were supposed to. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle sitting through it again, though. I can't hold up. New egg, old Did egg. Did you see the I 70s version of Great Gatsby? No. With Robert Redford was in it. Really? Yeah, it was weird. It's... Not good. A little dry. Okay. Rhythm of the Night came in randomly. I was like, I was, oh, all, you I was loved in, I was like, you, yes. You ran. Like it was only about 15 seconds. I was like, that right. was pretty you. great. I'm trying to find what songs were in the Elephant Love Medley because that was a, like a big hit when it came out. It was, I remember it was on MTV a lot. Really? It played okay. on the radio I and didn't, stuff. I, like, Moulin Rouge just skipped past my life except for Lady Marmalade because I was listening to pop radio, but I didn't. Well, Lady Marmalade is a true cultural touchstone of the whole it movie. It really is. Yeah. It is. That's yeah. like a t- such a 2000 song. Let's just, yeah, let's just talk about that. It is a 2000 song, but it's also a 1970s song. Yeah. LaBelle, yeah. Patty yeah, LaBelle and Company. I, they play mm-hmm. that at my work all the time. The so original I, one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like both versions. I don't know which version I like more, but I mm-hmm. probably lean towards the newer version. It's just probably because you heard it first and it's, you know. Maybe. They're both pretty legendary and they were both... I don't know the response tremendous to the original. hits. So the, that's the thing. I don't really yeah. know the extent of how powerful the right. Well, they still played on the radio, so it's pretty. It was a pretty huge hit. The cover that wasn't even included in this movie for some bizarre reason. It was not in the movie totally. anyway. And I was I was expecting it at the end credits and then I was really disappointed. Um I think it was just a a novelty choice. I mean they wanted to sell that you need to see this film. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get some of the biggest right. pop stars. Maya, Maya Pink, Pink X Tina. Lil Kim. That's right. She's Lil Kim. A rap isn't breakdown. It? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She said, Why spend mine if I can spend yours? yours right. Which is so Or badass chicks from the Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Missy Elliott. To, <laughs> oh, like, that's right. to like really sell it. So there'd be five badass chicks from the Moulin Rouge. And Missy Elliott, as a person of color, gets more to do in that five minute song than the entirety of the movie yeah, itself. So, I mean, we definitely could speak to the, the <laughs> lack of people of color in right. this. I mean, it's actually pretty full, but none of them have lines. Right. <laughs> There are actually there's a really wide variety mm-hmm. of people, and which is really good because I actually think it speaks to 
the Bohemian era of right. being at the Moulin Rouge. I think it's a, actually really, a really good representation. And John Leguizamo was Hispanic, and he's playing Lautrec. Yeah. His character's French, though. The actor is Hispanic, but the character is French. Yes. So yeah. it's not completely where it's, like, whitewashed, but I don't know how you would even change that without changing who's playing the main yeah, character. That's true. There's not yeah. really... Like, if you can go full-on, like, Brandy version of Cinderella, where everyone's a person of color. <laughs> That's true. And there's, like... The whiz. Yeah. <laughs> it really... It's... Which I think is, like, fantastic in its own way, but where... It's not... This doesn't need that. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it doesn't need that. I don't think it needs that. I, I'm all for making things more racially diverse, yeah. but... I don't think it... But that's a little... It doesn't speak to me and go like, why are these all white people? Like Friends, the show Friends, everyone's white and it's New York City. And you're like, what is happening? Yeah, that's a little... Where are the people of color? (laughs) Have you ever been to New York City? It's mostly not white people. It's a suburb. It really is more like a suburb. Yeah. And it's not shown as a suburb. It doesn't do the Friends thing. Right. No, it's accurate to the time period. Yeah. I think it's actually sure. a pretty good representation. All right. So I, the Elephant Love Medley. So this had, it was All You Need Is Love, Beatles, obviously. I Was Made For Loving You, which was a Kiss song. Um, One More Night, which was Phil Collins. Pride In The Name Of Love by U2. Don't Leave Me This Way, which was Thelma Houston. Hmm. I was real excited when that came out. Of course, a disco. Of course. Silly Love Songs, Paul McCartney. Love List Stuff's Up Where We Belong. From what movie was that from? God, I can't remember. Uh, oh, the old people who are listening are going to be so mad at us. I don't remember <laughs> what movie it was from. David Bowie's Heroes, and I Will Always Love You, which was Dolly Parton slash Whitney Houston. Oh, that was um, An Officer and a Gentleman? Okay. 1982. You can't just, okay. You can just blanket the term old people. Old people. <laughs> That's not going to go over the well. Older, the older contingent of the... <laughs> I'm sorry I haven't seen that. Silly love songs. Well, what's wrong with that? I'd like to know Cause here I go Again Love left us up Where we belong Where eagles fly On a mountain high Love makes us act Like we are Oh, the show must go on was used in it too to good effect, which was Queen. It was yeah, used better here did. than any Queen yeah. song was used in Bohemian Rhapsody. Which <laughs> <laughs> the show must go on. The show must go on. Outside, the dawn is breaking on the stage that holds our. I, I kind of dodged all these musical. Like I didn't see mm-hmm. Stars Born. Mm-hmm. That I that I loved. Okay, that I have was not really seen great. It. Heard mm-hmm. heard great things, but yeah. the same person told me to see a Star Is Born. Also loved Greatest Showman. Okay. So I don't, you know. But a Star Is Born is a little more. It, different. I think it just, it's a total it's different type of movie. Very much so. It's not yeah. this. It's not theatrical. It's like a rock and roll story of like 
I guess addiction it, and yeah. it's depressing. It's not an uplifting movie. No, and, and I, I think that's I part of why. Movies. Me too. I was gonna say I think that's why I liked it because where Bohemian Rhapsody is very and this is Queen. It's, right, exactly. It's <laughs> it's almost hedonistic and it's excessive love of Queen, but whereas A Star Is Born is completely just nihilism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, I loved it, and I loved it. That, that totally appeals <laughs> so to me. So maybe that's like uh, mm-hmm. where you like your movies. I do. I I, I like my feeling a little uncomfortable at the end. Which yeah, I like and I like that. ambiguous ambiguous endings. Yes, yeah. I do too. One of my favorite movies is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Me too. And the ending of yes. it being open ended of the same scene being repeated and repeated, yeah. I love that because yeah, I've so questioned cool. and changed how I thought about that movie every single time I've seen it. I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it's that in a long so, time. It's so good. really good. Now that I watch it as an adult, I saw that movie. That was my favorite movie, and I, I still say it. Might still be my favorite movie. I just haven't seen it in such a long time. Like, I saw it when I was, mm, I don't know, I was in, like, seventh grade, eighth grade. So, so seeing young. that as, like, a 14-year-old is, like, yeah. that's a heavy movie. I was going to say, that'd be over my head at that age. And I think I was, it, like, 20 There was still out. a lot to it that was over my head, but I loved it, and I mm-hmm. knew I loved it immediately. But seeing it now, I cry. And I, I didn't cry before, but now I see it. I've been in love. I've been out of love. It hurts. Yeah, <laughs> it hurts to see it because yep. you're like, wow, like, and it touches. We've on been it there, so and being 14, accurately. you're like, hee hee, they get their memory erased, right. and like, like it's kind of cool, yeah. but then you're you, on a conceptual level, it's fun it's at that very, age, but yeah. when you're older, it's where it really cuts deep. Yeah, and then the end, you're just kind of crying, but you're like, why am I crying? Yeah, it's true because then you don't realize like you don't want that feeling to go away because that's kind of what forms you yeah you that's know? why you love the movie right so Lots i like thoughts, i like yeah. a good movie like that yeah I, do too. Rouge, I don't know if i <laughs> feel sad after seeing it maybe that was like a first time watching it thing i never like, felt sad watching it i don't know this doesn't play with my emotions very hard it's okay. more it just a it's a razzle dazzle experience it's a razzle, actually it's, it a, is, it's oh. a frazzle dazzle experience and i'm so really, fucking frazzled by the you're end of this like movie. exhausted <laughs> yeah you're like, okay, she's dead. Yeah. Officially. Thank God. Let's okay. cut the goddamn cord already. I mean, they're kicking the gun around. The gun yeah. bounces off the Eiffel Tower. Oh that the theater scene. It just went on and on and on. Yeah. It was good, but are we? Uh, do you have any more that you want to add about the movie, or should we wrap so up? So do you think that it should have ended sooner? Or were there parts this, of it that you could have cut out? Yeah, oh, yeah. I could. Really? There's okay. about 20, 25 minutes that I probably could have cut, really? cut if okay. I was in the editing room. I still feel pretty strong that it needed most of that it needed that's weird because the movie needed tightening even though it's edited ridiculous editing but i still think it needed tightening though like there's scenes that go on and on and on and on and it just did not need to be that like you can get the message across in much less time and if this movie had been like a really quick hour 35 hour 40 minutes this would probably be up there for me but that's one of the things that even though you knew the point from the first second you exactly. watched it. And don't get me wrong. Like, I don't dislike this movie. I appreciate it. I I enjoy watching it every once. I don't want to see it again for a long time. <laughs> You'd be sleeping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. And I think it has a lot, does a lot of really clever things. It's very original. It's very fun to watch. Um, it doesn't really have much to say, you know, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, artistically, yes. I think it, it has absolutely. a lot to say. But it's I very think on unique an emotional, as a movie. It is. It is. And I think for that, it's worth seeing. I don't know that it's aging real great. Yes, um, I agree. Because I could definitely 
You were like, these are some CGI moments. Yep. Yeah. Like the CGI snow and it's very 2001. It's very 2001. Yeah. Yes. So Which I don't know, of. maybe in like another 15 years, we'll see how it holds up. But, you know, I'd recommend people to see it. I enjoy it for the most part when I watch it, but it's exhausting mm-hmm. and it's a lot. You can just listen to music and kind of get mm-hmm. the movie from Listen that. to the soundtrack. I think yeah. the soundtrack still holds pretty strong. There's it definitely does. some moments when you're driving and one day I fly away comes on mm-hmm. and you just have to sing along. Either version of Lady Marmalade. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is not in the movie. But right. I mean, if you can find a friend to duet yeah. these Come Up May and Elephant Love Medley, your song. Yeah. You know, it's great. I have a friend I watched this with multiple times and we definitely we do some like gender flipping. So mm-hmm. I sing her parts. She sings That's his fun. Yeah. in totally wrong keys and We've belted it out many times. So I think I it holds a special place to me because I connect it with a friendship. So I think without it, it might not be as strong. Of yeah, a movie. absolutely. So I think that pretty much covers everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's Moulin sure. Rouge. Yeah. You can, can, can. You certainly, spectacular, you certainly spectacular. can. Yeah. Cosmo, thank you for coming here. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. This. It was fun watching you get exhausted. <laughs> for me, it was at my pacing of everyday life yeah. of what's going on in my head. So I'm like, oh, la, 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 and I look over and you're just like slumped over. I, was, I had like, to look away from the TV oh. a few times because I was like it, like getting actual motion sickness. Yeah, and, and my eyes yeah. were getting bigger. <laughs> They're dilating as yeah. like things are happening and I'm just getting more This excited. movie is kind of like a drug. It's, it is. I can't even imagine watching this movie on like a any type of drug any yeah. list it a sedative i was what i would need mm-hmm. yeah i mean if you were gonna like slow it down a little bit then right. probably i can't imagine speeding it up you would just lose track of what's going on yeah so cosmo tell people where they can find you on social media oh okay you can find me on let's see twitter instagram um, probably not on facebook instagram it's um cosmo julius my twitter is cosmo julius k which okay. i've actually been a lot more active at so oh, there you feel go. free to interact because we can talk about more Moulin Rouge if you need yes, to. Yes, you can hit us both up. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return, oh, everyone. Way. If you'd like to reach out to the podcast, it's at Rock Movies Pod. You can email me at movies at rockpod at gmail.com. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, which is always awesome. We like that. And you can hit up Query with Queers with Cosmo and Gigi. Things are actually starting to chug along at this point. Which is awesome. So check that out, too, if you're interested in that. And thanks again, Cosmo, for coming over. Of course. We'll have you on again soon. This is really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Bye, everybody.